Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. Welcome, actually, to 2018, our first show of the new year. Unfortunately, Rebecca Lynch uh, will not be with us. She is out of town, uh, but as always, Robert Craig, the Executive Director here at Citizen Action, is with us. Robert, good morning. Good day, everyone. So we have a number of topics that we're going to talk about uh, today on the show. But we wanted to uh, start the new year diving into a topic that uh, has been getting a lot, got a lot of attention in December, particularly also over the holidays, around an effort, I would describe it as an extraordinarily highly partisan effort, to go after uh, our election commission and uh, some of uh, the folks who work at the election commission. And, uh, and a highly political effort. And so we wanted to have uh, the chairman of the Wisconsin Election Commission join us to talk a little bit more about what's going on and make sure that our listeners fully understand what's going on and what they can do to get involved. So with us today is Mark Thompson. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me here today. Happy New Year to everybody. Well, Mark, this is and I'll admit, I, you know, I'm someone who follows politics pretty closely. I had to do a little bit of research just to try to figure out exactly what's going on uh, at the Election Commission and, and why this is so important, and it is important. So briefly tell our listeners a little bit. Just give us a little background as to why there is this effort to try and go after the Election Commission at a time when we really needed to be focusing on implementing elections. So I'm going to need you to bear with me for a couple of minutes here. Will do. The Election Commission was created and we started in 2016. So we're relatively a new entity, and I'll come back to that in a little bit more detail in a minute. So we've been around a year and a half. Before that, there was the GAB that ran the elections. It was a group of uh, nonpartisan judges that had been involved. And then they had the staff. Some of the staff of the GAB ultimately rolled over and became the staff of the current Wisconsin Elections Commission. Where this issue sort of became toxic is that there were a series of John Doe investigations where subpoenas were issued by judges that gathered information of you know various things. May, some people may know a lot about this, some people may know a little. But the initial round was called John Doe 1, and out of that there were several convictions of people associated with the Walker prior administration before he actually became governor. And so there was, there is very deep concern in that group in terms of what this John Doe investigation led into. Subsequently, there was a, a broader John Doe that looked into the coordination of activities between various advocacy groups, particularly on the right and, and many Republicans. Well, very recently, as a matter of fact, this, this past December, there was a report issued by Brad Schimmel that by all news accounts is a one-sided summary of events that leaked for the first time information about people in terms of what the subpoenas had gathered in addition and over and beyond what information was really pertinent directly on point to the investigation of John Doe 1 and John Doe 2. Brad Schimmel is the state's attorney general. Right. Brad Schimmel is the, 
the attorney general and is currently running for attorney general. And I think that's very, very important b behind this. Leah Vukmir is highlighted in that report. And as we know, she is running in a Republican primary against Tammy Baldwin. And as you know, Kevin Nicholson, her opponent, sort of was the Bannon wing of that whole group. Anyway, the, the result of this report has given Leah Vukmir ample opportunity to go around the country and raise money. Within that whole report, however, there's a mention of Mike Haas. Mike Haas is the interim administrator for the Elections Commission. He had been a deputy administrator for the GAB. In this report, there is no indication that Mike Haas did anything wrong, violated any law, did anything partisan. Nonetheless, shortly after this report came out, uh, Mr. Voss, the, you know, the, the Speaker of the Assembly, Mr. Fitzgerald, the, you know, the, the, the Senate, leader, yeah. they issued a letter demanding that Mike Haas resign. Uh, that's sort of the background. Now, just before they asked him to resign, the commission, the current Wisconsin Elections Commission, had taken a unanimous vote that Mike Haas should remain as not only as interim administrator, but permanent administrator. Now, what is the significance of all of that? And the commission is split bipartisan. And that's yes. what, I, that's what yeah. I was getting to. Yeah. What is the significance of that? Well, Don Millis was the first Republican uh, commissioner on the Wisconsin Elections Commission. He actually moved that Mike Haas be the administrator back in 2016. Don Millis had worked with Mr. Haas earlier because Mr. Millis had been on a prior elections commission, uh, the, you know, this infrastructure issue. So from day one, there were six commissioners. There are three Democratic commissioners and three Republicans. Steve King was also one of the first. He is now the ambassador to Czechoslovakia. He also had said that Mike Haas is the person best qualified to lead our agency. So we have, and then we've had two additional Republicans take their place. So to date, there have been eight commissioners that have served in this capacity. And this bill, it was created by Mr. Walker, Mr. Fitzgerald, and Mr. Voss. They created this entity, which is a, it is a partisan, bipartisan entity, but its staff, including Mike Haas, must be nonpartisan and impartial. So what we have done is we have, to date, had unanimous votes that Mr. Haas should be the administrator. Now, why? Mr. Haas is recognized around the country as one of the best people in election. He has run the agency well. If you recall, there was the Stein recall for the recount, or not recall, yeah. the recount. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if everybody remembers Florida, some people may not be um, old enough to remember that, but when there was a recount in Florida, there was hanging chads, it was all the news, ended up flipping the country and the election. ballots, yeah. the whole thing, yeah. Now, when we started the commission of, the, of that recount, the whole world press was there. 
But we said at the beginning we were going to do this recount. We would prove and establish that Mr. Trump won Wisconsin, that we don't count illegal votes, and that there was no fraud going on in Wisconsin. We did that. We did it early. We actually responded to Governor Walker's request that we certify that early so he could go on some other business. We actually moved up that schedule to accommodate him. Mr. Haas led that agency throughout that whole time period. He's done it with great competence, great skill, and now he's involved and we're doing e-poll books. Go ahead. Yeah, this is overwhelming, like in terms of, you know, if you've got all the com uh, election commission folks on, uh, you know, in support, why? Why is this happening? And then we're going to have to go to break. But w after the break, we want to talk about why this is so important, right? Like really fundamentally the how critical having a high functioning election commission is to our democracy. And so why this issue is so critical. Uh, but tell us w why, please. I mean, beyond just straight up politics, I mean, is. Well, you know, the I believe in people's participating in elections. I believe in democracy and democracy requires an impartial, fair structure. And in Wisconsin, it's made up of municipal clerks, county clerks, our neighbors. We've all gone to vote. This is the community, the people where we vote. Now, in this modern era where we have voter registration online, we got e-polling books, very sophisticated, you have to have an agency staff under the Wisconsin Elections Commission to run that, train all those people to make sure we have fair elections for everybody, independents, Democrats, Republicans. That's the essence of our democracy. Mike Haas is the person that is best qualified there. He is the person that should be driving this bus. I'm an employer. We have 31 employees. When someone does their job really, really well, I'm just what I learned in middle America, right? My mom's from Washure County. What you do is when somebody does a really good job, they get a raise, you don't fire them. So Mike Haas is crucial to this agency, particularly at a time when the governor vetoed five spots, where we're understaffed and under attack by the Russian government. We've got to take a break. When we get back, I want to follow up on exactly that and what we have, uh, what's going, wh what's in front of us and why this is so important. But with that, we are Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action in Wisconsin, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are joined by Mark Thompson, who's the chairman of the Wisconsin Election Commission. And Mark, before we left, you were telling us you were really getting into the nut of why this is so important, right? That we have an election commission that is understaffed and is facing, well, first of all, has done, did amazing work already in transitioning. It's new, only been around a couple of years, created by the Republicans, does this amazing transition. We, but now is short-staffed and now facing this attack. So, again, you were, you were talking about the staffing situation and why this uh, commission is so important. Or why this, yes, why our elections are so important. You know what, um, we all get up on, a, you know, voting day, election day, and we go down, we stand in line, we cast the ballot, and we trust that at the end of the day it gets tabulated. Wisconsin is a very, very... Uh, complex system. It's, it's not centralized at, at all. 
what binds this whole series of municipal clerks and county clerks together is the election commission's agency and its staffing who trains all the clerks and provides all the rudiments of making sure that people get to vote. Uh, particularly, you know, we've had this recently voter ID. You know, the, the, the staff has been involved in extensive education on trying to clarify to people that you can vote. I mean, what we've learned from a, a, a Madison study is that many people actually had the right ID if they would have voted. So what is very, very important, right, is that you have really competent people running your elections. So when people, at the end of the day, when we get a vote count, people are confident that it's fair. Look at what just happened in Virginia, right? We had a one-vote race, right? And so we have to know that it's, you know, uh, competent. Mike Haas is that person. He hasn't done anything wrong, illegal, or, you know, reckless, I mean, he deserves the job. The commission fully stands by him, and we're not going to back off on that. So when Matt asked you kind of a, a very a zinger of a question, which is what's the motive, and you can't get in the heads of, of, of Speaker Voss or Majority Leader Fitzgerald, I mean, I could speculate, not you as election commissioner. Robert that never likes to speculate on the might show. Might have to do with... Uh, uh, literally some kind of revenge around John Doe and the old government accountability board's role in, in aiding the, uh, a, a, dual, a, a legal investigation by, by District Attorney Chisholm. Um, or it might be even worse, it might be they want a highly partisan administrator that can be confirmed in the Senate that literally would uh, act like the uh, Secretary of State did in Florida in 2000 and actually take sides rather than running a fair and partial election. But you don't have to speculate. I'm just speculating. But my question is... It seems like the case they have against Mr. Haas, who, is ex who is, you've laid out in detail, is extremely qualified, and the appointments by the Democrats and the Republicans, the appointees on the commission, all agree he's highly qualified. Um, at least, I want to be careful, you're a very good lawyer, at least borders on slander, and uh, certainly misrepresentation, and, and, uh, and, 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 and an unethical attack on a public official who has served the state very well. I mean, is that your, your sense just on the, uh, on, on the, the accusation that's made, the attempt to smear him with uh, leaks concerning the John Doe investigation? You're right. You know, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald and Mr. Voss have called me up and said this is why we're asking for the resignation. Uh, Mr. Voss did, was interviewed by Fox 6 News. I think last Friday I got a call from Fox 6 News and I responded because they had asked Mr. Voss, what was it that you're concerned about? Yeah. And he said, well, we're worried that somehow he can't be fair or somehow he's going to be partisan. Now, here, here's the reality. For the year and a half that he's been doing this, no one has charged him with any kind of partisan activity. Uh, no one has said that he hasn't been impartial or fair or competent. No one so, can point to one decision. No, and I, so I can say this about Mr. Voss. That is completely created in a fiction, as, as I don't believe in this, this view, but that's fake news, okay? So there is no truth to that claim. So then when asked, and I think it's a fair question, why would the two leaders of the Republican or one-party system to date uh, in Madison 
in the legislative, you know, uh, branch, why are they calling for the head of my cause? You know, what I said, in Wisconsin, when you do a good job, you get a raise, you don't get fired. So obviously, there has, they have an ulterior motive. And whether it's revenge, payback, or they're simply using this to try to raise money right. uh, on their, for the 2018 elections, and I think, frankly, that's where I see it. And I think, frankly, that's why Mike Haas needs to be here, because 2018 is going to be so heated, you need a very stable agency that can run, run it. Yeah, this, I mean, obviously. Right, let, let me say yeah, one other thing, because I think uh, Roberts raised a really important point. And he, because he talked about, is there slander here? Now, there were, there were statements made by, um, and I, I don't have the exact quote, either Voss or Fitzgerald or both, implying that somehow Mr. Uh, Haas was engaged in some kind of criminal conduct. Right. There is nothing anywhere in Mr. Schimmel's report or anywhere that that's true. You know, as, and um, my dad was a Lutheran preacher. He said, you don't bear false witness. When you call out someone like this, you call them a criminal when they're not. That's the definition of slander. And we've seen that this is sort of their MO, right? When they don't like what's going on, they try to tell the public that someone's a criminal, hoping that nobody cares about them. Yeah. And it's an outrage. And you know, people need really to hear about this. I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm going to anybody that asks me to come to him and tell Mr. Haas's story. He's got a wife. He's got kids. He's dedicated a worker. He serves the people of this state. And if we don't together stand up for good people that work hard, what kind of community are we? This is not democracy then. And this is a, this is a matter of each of us, our social responsibility to go do it. I say confirm my costs. I mean, I need people's help. Yeah, look, I mean, this is so obvious. You've got uh, this This thing was created by the Republicans, and as you mentioned, all the Republicans that are putting the time and diligence in on the committee have endorsed this that person. That they entrusted yeah, as they their entrust. representatives. So, like, if that's not good enough, right, This nothing will ever be good enough. So, folks, it, what, what uh, Mark is saying is really, really important. We need you to contact your state senator, and uh, it's primarily state senators, but all legislators, right? Contact both their assembly folk and their their senator on this and be very clear that Mike Haas needs to be supported in this 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 uh, witch and hunt. And the request is to confirm him, yes. right? Yes. Uh, here is sort of the, there's a technical background legal and then yeah. there's a public one. Okay. I, I have said this publicly already that the, you know, the statute that created the commission it's very clear that only the commission can fire Mr. Haas. We're 6 0 for him. I do not see in the foreseeable future a majority of those commission ever firing him. It, but it also has this vague phrase in the statute that it's the advice and consent of the Senate. Right. Gotcha. So, all right. Mr. Fitzgerald has indicated that at some point in time he, he may call for a vote. Clearly, if he's asking for a resignation of Mr. Haas, my assumption, he's calling his senators to say, make sure you vote for me, or you know, maybe when we draw the new maps, you don't get your spot. Who knows? But I just threw in Zing. something else there. But here, let me... It, it, it's so... 
I want the public to weigh in. I mean, you know, my mother-in-law is in assisted living. She's asking her neighbors because she was in, lived in Oregon, Wisconsin. She served at, you know, she, she went out there and counted votes. You know, she did her thing. She knows who Mr. Haas is. And she says, what they're doing is morally repugnant. You can't treat human beings this way. I need everybody write emails, letters, phone calls, swamp their, your elected representatives, the assembly, and in particular, and most importantly, if you only have time for one, get it to your state senator. Tell them, in the event there's a vote, confirm my costs. And we will have a link on our webpage to where you can go and get all the information with contact information for your state senator. Um, and again, this is this is the right audience. Our listeners are very active. So this is the time. We don't every week tell you that there's something you got to do right away. Uh, but this is uh, fundamentally critical. We're going to talk more later in the podcast about some important elections that are coming up. This is just uh, fundamentally important to our democracy. Mark, before we go, I want to give you the last word. The, the indications are by Mr. Fitzgerald that the Senate may be back by January 23rd. There's no indication that they're before. I'm asking everybody that's listening, between now and then, starting when you listen to this, send those emails. Let Mr. Fitzgerald and the other senators, both Republican and Democratic, that we should be confirming the most competent person in our state to be re, remain as the administrator of that agency. We need a you know a real leader, a qualified, competent bus driver. 2018 is going to be a big election, and we got to make sure it's fair, it's transparent, and that every vote counts. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. And with that, we will be right back here at the Battleground, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Uh, we would like to thank uh, Mark Thompson, the chairman of the Wisconsin Election Commission, for joining us in our two previous segments. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, uh, Hope you uh, go back and listen to our podcast and uh, hear more about this really important issue. And again, want to encourage you to contact your senators uh, in particular, but also your state rep if you can about this uh, important issue. But Robert, I want to chat with you about a strand that came up in our conversation uh, with uh, Mark Thompson, and that was about Leah Vukmir and potentially how Leah Vukmir is involved in all of uh, what's going on. But uh, wanted to mention something that's actually broke just today as we were talking uh, and yesterday around the Senate GOP candidates and uh, the huge primary that's occurring on the Republican side between uh, uh, State Senator Vukmir and uh, Kevin Nicholson. And uh, again, this is the Senate seat to, uh, that Tammy Baldwin currently holds. And um, so very contested. Nicholson is the Steve O'Bannon candidate. The the T I don't know you know uh, you know this national movement versus Leah Vukmir. You know O'Bannon Bannon. Uh, Steve oh yes, 
uh, uh, Steve. I said Steve Bannon, didn't I? Did you I say O'Bannon? Oh. But maybe, maybe the family was O'Bannon <laughs> when they first emigrated from yes, uh, Ireland yes. in the 19th century. <laughs> I, 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 I should be corrected, Steve Bannon, and, and he's getting his head pounded around by Donald Trump uh, today. But so Leah Vukmir, uh, she's been around a long time, Robert. We've been around politics a while here in Wisconsin, and she is someone who is straight out of the conservative GOP establishment. And so this is a this is a real battle for the soul of the Republican Party. But uh, So they sign a unity pledge to try to get along, but immediately within hours of signing this pledge, they're going after each other. Robert, a little more on this race. Well, you know, you, you kind of need a translation book and a roadmap to understand the divisions uh, in the Republican Party on the right right now because they don't make sense because the progressives... They're all for this horrible tax bill, and they're all for, uh, you know, throwing 30 million people off health care, et cetera. Well, and Robert, like I was just saying to you before, like, Leah Vukmir, really, right? Like, she's not conservative enough, not, like... Former head of ALEC. I okay? mean... She's the former chair of ALEC, so... What? And we've had our debates with her. She is. She thinks if everyone had to pay for their own health insurance, then that that consumer pressure, people would, with their dollars, bring prices down and make them affordable. And the problem is Medicare and Medicaid. This is like who they're going to nominate. Not right enough. What it tells you is, is that the division isn't all about policy. It's literally about the current Republican establishment and the people who run it versus outsiders who are more populist but may actually support very similar policies with some differences on trade and immigration potentially. Uh, but it's why a Glenn Grothman is not a radical anti-establishment person in D.C., as crazy as he seems uh, here and as he seemed in the state Senate. And so you have this weird situation where Leah Vukmir is the establishment Republican candidate, okay? And remember, the Republican establishment was able to, with the right-wing radio talk infrastructure, defeat Trump in Wisconsin. Uh, and, and Handily. And ironically, as I'll get to, elect Cruz in that primary, Ted Cruz. So what was happening was is that the anti-establishment wealth on the conservative side was behind this Kevin Nickerson, who bizarrely, Nicholson, who's bizarrely a former college Democrat. Uh, and so you had Bannon which used to mean Trump, and I'll get to that, right? You had the Club for Growth. You have John Bolton, uh, who's, you know, crazy neocon, his, his super PAC. Yeah. And uh, so you have this whole list of, of people who are anti-establishment. Uh, the the uh, Uline, the owner of Uline, the business that's in Wisconsin but is a, is a billionaire from Illinois. So these sort of hard right types. And this is very much upsetting to Vukmir, and so really the Vukmir division was is that she's coming more from the side that defeated Trump in the primary, right? The never-Trumpers, uh, because they went for Cruz. Oh, by the way, Cruz is now for Nicholson, just to further confuse things, okay? So now that Bannon is quoted in a forthcoming book with explosive comments that Trump is uh, – that, that the meeting that Trump towers with the Russians was essentially treason – Right, among other things, and unpatriotic, and that Trump had to know, and that Trump Jr. is going to be cracked like an egg by the investigators, etc. Uh, now, uh, hours after the Udi pledge, uh, State Senator Vukmir has attacked Kevin Nicholson, saying that he must disavow Bannon to show loyalty, wait for it, to Trump. To Trump. 
which of course Trump was of course and the Trump apparatus was behind Nicholson all this time. Now they're now they've decided apparently very quickly the Republican session in Wisconsin that they're going to make Trump part of the establishment and define Bannon as the anti-establishment. All right, folks, you're keeping score. So it's, you need um, a translator book, and, and you also need to be able to uh, a, a scorecard because they're switching sides all the time. Well, look, I I mean I admit I'm not I don't really fully understand Republican politics. But look, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the Republican uh, Party in this state in terms of its organization, how well aligned it is with uh, uh, talk radio and or other earned media and structures, and then how that aligns within uh, legislators and local electeds and their leaders. Um, and I just, you know, it seems to me there's this is a bit of a misreading of the national movement about sort of how Wisconsin Republican politics go. And I just I'd be I'd be shocked if Vukmir really struggled against him in terms of with the establishment. Now, admittedly, this will be a high turnout primary. He's a, so he's an Iraq war veteran. Yeah. He's come across uh, as patriotic. I get it. She is not the most likable, appealing person to uh, any, anyone. She's yeah. not very user friendly. No, I, I see all of this. And, and that's why <laughs> I think this is actually so fascinating. Right. Because um, this is someone who's invested her entire life in building this institution and now when she sees it, rightfully at some level, as her time, right, to have this guy come in as you, <laughs> former Democrat who's you know, really out of nowhere, um, it, it, I, I, I tend to believe, I think they're maybe overreaching and believing they can come in it, and, and take advantage. modern right-wing ideology, right, and the amount of frustration people have across parties about the status quo question is, and this would affect Walker's re-election, does a Scott Walker, do Fitzgerald's Voss start to look like the status quo establishment to a significant segment of Republican voters and another elite that needs to be overthrown? It's the real elite. We know that. I don't, don't, don't take me wrong. I'm saying from their perspective, because they like to see Democrats as somehow in power in the elite and liberals, which is absurd. But you just wonder, you've seen it in a lot of other states. I mean, you've seen it where people like Orrin Hatch had to make beelines to the right or they were going to be taken out, right, and primaried, and others primaried in deep red states. So we'll see. It hasn't developed in Wisconsin so far, but it is everywhere else. So it's an interesting question of whether the unity that yeah. you're talking about is going to continue. And then, of course, the question is what kind of candidate, this is what they're concerned about, comes out against Baldwin in the general with uh, with two months to, to campaign. Look, I mean, a lot of this conversation is really just to put a point on that the Senate race is going to be really, really critical. There's been more money spent, I believe, on behalf of uh, Vukmir, well, against Baldwin, let's just leave it mm -hmm. at that, than any other uh, sitting U.S. Senate candidate, uh, U.S. Senator. So she is one of the top targets of the right. And this hot primary uh, definitely reflects that another top target of the right is look so yeah <laughs> right well, in the primary well it's worth pointing out so uh we're going to continue to watch this we'll obviously talk a lot more about this race uh in the future um do want to talk a little bit about an important election that's actually going on uh right now uh and that is uh, senate district 10 uh, while we were away for the holidays, or right before the holidays, there was a primary. Uh, and so we have uh, Adam Jarkow, Jarkow, I always pronounce his name, is the Republican Assembly uh, candidate who's running now in these, who's the, was the winner of the primary and will be the Republican uh, candidate in Senate District 10, which is far western Wisconsin, Hudson, Menominee would be on the eastern part, Hudson and the border on the western part. 
Um, but uh, Patty Schachner won for the Democrats, and it's an important race. We'll we'll talk more about this possibly next week. But uh, wanted to let our listeners know that we are running a uh, we have endorsed Patty and uh, think very strongly on healthcare. She has a, she's a, a medical examiner and former health. Uh, teacher, and uh, we just think there's uh, clear differences here on healthcare, and we'll be doing mm-hmm. phone calls around her, uh, the support for expanding uh, uh, Badger Care. Robert. One little tidbit that I don't think you or listeners necessarily know, since my nephew Delano, a longtime Citizen Action volunteer when he was in high school, is a freshman at UW Stout. Uh, Stout is actually coming on Christmas break during the election. So I don't know if that's true of River Falls, which is UW River Falls, which is also in the district, but it's perfectly timed to avoid at least the Stout students, maybe the River Falls students as well. Oh, I, I did not realize that. We had thought that they would be back on the 17th, I think it is, that Tuesday. Yeah, well, there you go. That's yeah, back uh, to like the 23rd. There you go. Another, another thing that doesn't exactly help. But look, folks, uh, we are anywhere you live in the state. We can help you make phone calls to targeted voters. Uh, it's very important that uh, progressives get out and vote. And so if you want to be involved in helping call into the district around supporting uh, Badger Care expansion, uh, please get in contact with us. I will have a link on the website where you can go to help make those calls. But with that, we got to get out of here. Again, we're uh, the Battleground Wisconsin, and we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. So, Robert, I um, wanted to bring up a story that uh, I think it broke yesterday or this morning, and that is around uh, the first environmental exemption be, uh, that uh, cleared for Foxconn will allow 26 acres of wetlands to be filled. And what was interesting about this, if people remember, we had uh, Representative Brostoff on talking about this months ago when it first happened. Um, essentially, the state has uh, is no longer regulating them. And part of what happened uh, when they did approve this was they said that the federal government could still uh, potentially oversee it. Well, we found out on Wednesday that uh, the state wetlands protections that were eliminated, uh, that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in Green Bay announced that it will, that it does not have jurisdiction over the wetlands. And so there's really no one paying attention to these wetlands. But, uh, and then again, Robert, we should remind people that there's legislation, right, to actually start to expand these types of exemptions statewide. So uh, very disturbing news. Uh, uh, well, certainly warned about and yep. ignored because anything Foxconn wanted is what we got, right? So it appears. So it's not all wetlands that are exempted now because there are some kinds of wetlands the federal government still regulates that are directly connected to lakes and rivers. And that's about 80%, it, just so yes, folks know. isolated wetlands, which is, they knew where they wanted to build, let's, let's understand. And they wanted to build where there were isolated wetlands they didn't want to deal with, right? Yep. They apparently still have to pay into some fund, but the wetlands can be put anywhere. And given that Kenosha and Racine have suffered a lot of flooding, it doesn't seem like a great idea to remove the wetlands. I'm sure Foxland will be paying all the damages to every, all the cities and the homeowners uh, to the flooding, not to mention wildlife and, other, other, and purifying the water and other good reasons that you would like to have wetlands. And so the idea, if you just think, take a step back, really the only place that could build 
is where there were wetlands, and and really they couldn't couldn't do something to make sure that the same wetland capacity was in the same areas, even if that were the case, which I doubt. Or is this just about this is what they wanted? And I mean, this is like 19th century sort of stuff. Let's drain the river, you know. Let's reverse its order, like Chicago River. Let's well, you know, pour sewage into it. Well, let's remember uh, Jonathan brought up the main reason they need the water is not to clean anything. It's to actually dilute the pollutants that when they make the screens go into so that they can be at acceptable levels. So they're needing so much water to intake to actually bring the, the pollution levels from the byproducts of their product to acceptable levels. And that is going to require so much water. That's part of what's also going on here. Um, Robert, uh, Representative Pocan made a declaration around Foxconn this week that I thought was worth pointing out. He declared that uh, Foxconn's going to be the demise of Walker and the Republicans and basically has said that he thinks that they have greatly miscalculated. And uh, the latest tip to him was that uh, Governor Walker did not mention Foxconn. Uh, in his latest speech that he gave, talking about how wonderful his things were, his re-election. announcing his re-election. And Gordon Hintz, the Senate Assembly a Democratic leader, said that it'll be at the centerpiece. Uh, and so, yes, it doesn't poll very well. Uh, the right is very good at not caring what the polls say and just going forward when they have the power. And so Walker is going to talk about his little flip phrase, the Wisconsin turnaround, uh, we can talk more about how much of a turnaround it is later. Uh, and But there's a lot of public anxiety, both about whether or not it's a good idea to give huge, that economic development means giving huge amounts of money to, to large multinational corporations, and also just the corruption element of it, that, they, that it's an insider slimy deal. And it's a little hard for Walker to look like the crusading outsider anymore, which he may try to do again uh, when he is giving $4 billion and counting to Foxconn. Right, if you count the what the local governments had to do, the additional road work that has to be done, and you have to throw in the advertising campaign that's supposed to attract all the young people into Wisconsin, uh, as opposed to any kind of plan to actually put people to work who need good jobs who actually live here now. You know, this issue, and as Pocan is declaring uh, governor and, and other Republicans. I want to challenge our listeners to actually try to start injecting this discussion into your spring elections, particularly in local municipal offices, right? You should be asking your local electeds, you know, what their response is to Foxconn and, and how that's putting their local governments in a great financial bind and potentially even putting some of these, you know, municipalities, if you have these kinds of deals, at risk of bankruptcy or certainly having serious financial distress, um, I think it's important to inject this into, you know, if you've got aldermen or um, uh, mayors running for office to really get their response to this, because this is not just a state issue, right? This has major impacts to local government when we do these kinds of dirty deals. So uh, this is what a I, critical issue. I think Pocan is right on. What I enjoyed is uh, you, you can learn a lot from the responses on the other side and, and the journalists feel the need to repeat this gibberish back, like that's balanced journalism, right? So the reporter who wrote this otherwise story includes, otherwise excellent story, statement from Alex Zimmerman, who is the spokesperson for the Republican Party, saying Congressman Pocan should be more concerned with improving the lives of Wisconsin families and less concerned with scoring points in his liberal Madison echo chamber. Dun, 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 evil <laughs> Madison. Uh, and then... 
he if he spent more time outside of his Madison, Wisconsin bubble, he'd know that Governor Walker has put taxpayers in charge and helped bring Foxconn and his other jobs to Wisconsin. And and furthermore, at the end, that that uh, that Pocan is offering nothing more than the tired, failed policies of yesterday. I don't see any kind of real defense of Foxconn being popular, even a even a good idea here. I just see, I mean, and how do they cut and paste these various little jibes they use? And you know, it's literally like can you imagine that with newspaper clippings. You know, they could do a son son of Sam kind of thing with cutting the letters out of, of newspapers to reconstruct these quotes. <laughs> and by the way, we also learned later in the article from uh, from a spokesman for Paul Ryan that Paul Kenneth is doing nothing but reciting Nancy Pelosi's talking points. More, more insight. Yes, <laughs> the Pelosi talking points on Foxconn. So, look, we're going to continue to watch this issue. Obviously, we think this is super important. Uh, this is what we need to be talking about, how we actually should make investments like $3 billion and things that actually create jobs. Huge opportunity uh, in the same way that healthcare is and having those conversations about healthcare. And so we plan on talking a lot about this in 2018. But I uh, wanted to bring up a study, Robert, that came out and uh, looked at the states in the United, the states around the country in 2017 where people were most likely to move from. And Wisconsin has now cracked the top 10. This is usually reserved, you know, uh, for, for colder states, admittedly, but nonetheless, uh, Wisconsin is not, this is not a list that we're traditionally on. So uh, not good news, not good news. And this study is the, the moving van companies. Oh, they wouldn't lie. So they apparently, you know, it's, you could try to make some argument that the old people coming in aren't using moving vans and only the people <laughs> leaving are using moving vans. But uh, uh, Illinois ranks highly as well uh, in this in this. Uh, in this report, but of course this is a total number, so I think uh, uh, per, uh, if you actually did, you know, per capita, yeah. it might even be worse for Wisconsin because there's some big states on here. They're a lot bigger than Wisconsin, including Illinois. Uh, but it's lucky that $68 million uh, ad campaign it comes uh, to attract the young people to Wisconsin comes in just the nick of time, and I've joked that uh, I'm sure Lincoln Park, which most people know is a beehive of professional millennials in Chicago that their bars and eateries will be emptying out at night spots because all of the millennials there will be emigrating for the Foxconn jobs to live in compounds in, uh, in, in western Racine County. This is quite a picture you paint there, Robert. Uh, I'm not sure that'll be happening. But uh, folks, before we go, uh, I was just talking about uh, both both the economy as an issue going forward in 2018, but healthcare as an issue. And I want to let uh, people know about an event that uh, Citizen Action is going to be involved in with um, uh, a couple of other groups, our Wisconsin Revolution and the Wisconsin Working Families Party. And it is called Healthcare Jeopardy. Robert, I know you like Jeopardy. Uh, we think a lot of our listeners like Jeopardy. And so we want to uh, bring that fun game to the gubernatorial candidates, the main uh, number of the Democratic gubernatorial candidates, to talk about the issue of health care and not only hear more about what their plans are on health care, but other things that uh, are really important about the issue, including you know, opiates, including you know, how do we start to deal um, with uh, that as a, a medical issue as opposed to a criminal issue, and a whole bunch of other things looking at cost. So join us for the Healthcare Jeopardy at 
on Saturday, January 27th from 9.30 to 11.30 at the Milwaukee Area Technical College, which is at 700 West State Street here in Milwaukee. Come on out for that. But with that, Robert, we want to thank our guest, Mark Thompson, uh, the chairman of the Wisconsin Election Commission, for talking to us about the critical issue going on there in terms of the attack on the Election Commission. Again, want to remind you, call your senators and let them know that they uh, need to get off Mark Haas and support him. And confirm, uh, and confirm Mark Haas as the administrator of the Elections Commission. Thank you, Robert. He's delivering Mark's message better than, my, than I can. But uh, if you need any contact info, that's on our website. And as always, want to thank our producer, Brian Woldridge, who makes it happen every week. Welcome back to 2018, Brian, with us. And uh, we'll see you all here at the Battleground, Wisconsin. <laughs>